Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast. Are you a leader trying to navigate your organization through today's ever-changing business landscape? Then you don't want to miss this episode. Our guest today is Kelly McCulloch, the Global Chief People Officer at Taco Bell, where she leads the Human Resources Management Team with over 260,000 international employees. With a diverse background in business leadership, transformation, and specialty in human resources, Kelly has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to developing strategy, managing executive teams, and encouraging employee engagement. Now, this episode, we'll explore how to anticipate change, create a more equitable work environment, and build bridges that help foster global growth. So before we get started, please click the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. Join us at the Healthcare in the Age of Personalization virtual conference on May 3 to 4. Two massive shifts are happening in healthcare simultaneously. A shift to value and a shift in demographics. We're bringing together some of today's top healthcare executives, patients, and practitioners to discuss how to provide better care and experiences in today's age of personalization. I think we have to change the definition of health. We have to think about the social and economic and educational outcomes as well as the health outcomes. Learn from experts in consumerism and healthcare, inclusive patient care systems, population health, and much more. So it's not just the person with the diagnosis, it's what's around them, their family, their friends, and that is part of their whole being. Register now and get free access to the Leadership in the Age of Personalization course at Lightspeed Virtual Training. Join us today at healthcaresummit.ageofpersonalization.com. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Kelly, great to have you. Uh, can't tell you what an honor it is because I've been waiting for this day. So thanks for your time today. Thank you so much, Glenn, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Very good. Well, what are you excited? Why am I excited? Oh, gosh, because I could talk about business and people and strategy all day long. I think it's um, it's super exciting. I, you know, we spend so much time at work. Why not think about how to make the most of the time that we spend doing our jobs? And so it's just it's what I love to do. Well, and that's what it's all about now, right? What do we, how do we make them out of our time? And that has to impact the 260,000 people uh, that you're responsible for, right? Because all we have is time in this crazy world of change and transformation. Now, as we get started, Kelly, I want to let our audience make sure that they have an opportunity to get to know you, uh, what you stand for. I know, so, so let me share a few mantras that you actually shared with me. Uh, and, and maybe you can give us a sense of their origin roots. So one of them was, be approachable, get over yourself. Where was that <laughs> born from? I mean, where was that born from? Um, look, I think that people are just people. 
It doesn't matter how much money you make or how much you don't make. It doesn't matter where you come from. Um, it doesn't matter if you come from nothing. People are people. At the end of the day, everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be accepted. I don't uh, I don't enjoy working in an elitist environment. I don't enjoy spending my time um, with leaders who, who <laughs> think that they're better than than others i think again people are just people so my my preference is to work in an environment where the ego is checked at the door don't even bring it in um and then you know you kind of move past that into the more productive conversation so that's kind of where that that comes from well i guess that also transitions into the next mantra right keep an open mind you don't have to agree but you do need to respect this one I really like because I think people are struggling with it. I totally agree. Um, and I was just having a conversation with my eight-year-old son about this this morning, right? I can overhear him last night. He was playing video games with a friend and they got into an argument about something that <laughs> it would surprise you eight-year-olds were talking about. And, uh, and he stood up for what he believed in. And we just talked about how important it is to stand up for what you believe in, but to keep an open mind, listen to others' points of view, um, and then to be to be kind about it, right? So, you know, this we're not all going to see eye to eye. And the things that I learned back when I was younger, I may have challenged some of those beliefs as I've gotten older. I think that's that's what evolution is and learning and growing and questioning. Maybe that's not exactly what I believe anymore or think anymore. Um, I think when you can diversify the people that are in your lives and that you spent quite a bit of time with, you can understand more about how different their lived experience might be from your own and vice versa. And you can just say, gosh, I never thought about it that way or I never experienced that before I met you. And and again, like it just opens your mind, opens your eyes. The defining moment that we're living in in business today, I mean, we were taught to do things a certain way and now uh, we're really being forced to open our minds to accept that, wait a second, maybe those old ways aren't the best ways. How would you advise someone that's so indelibly stuck in old ways of thinking to shift their mindset? I know it's a big question, but maybe give us a starter perspective. What do you think? Well, I think if um, it's here's what I've done, right? I, and I can share what I've done in, in kind of the how effective it's been. I think you need to have a natural curiosity, first of all. So you don't want to change. Well, good luck to you, right? So I do think you have to have a natural curiosity. I think you have to be able to recognize things have changed. Uh, and maybe you feel like you're in the minority now. Maybe you feel like, gosh, this is the way that I used to think. What happened to all the people that thought this way? And why are things now changing so so fast? And so what I've done is I've talked to um, and listened to people who are much, much younger than me, right? But who were in the workforce because this Gen Z group uh, they, they are big and getting bigger and they're about to be the workforce and they grew up very differently than I grew up. So I think it's really important to listen to what it is that they care about, um, to understand what's important to them and then figure out as an employer or as a leader how you can help deliver some of, uh, some of those needs that they may have. But why are we in this state of denial, Kelly? Because what you're talking about is what everybody should be doing. Well, what's the state of denial? How do we break out of it? To me, the denial is fear. It's it's fear. People are afraid of, but if I sit down and have that conversation, somebody's going to say something to me and I'm not going to be able to go do that. Or it's going to be 
such a wild idea that my executive team is going to laugh me out of the room, right? It's it's all fear-based. I think change and, and the fear of change is is a big deal. So I do think that you got to listen with an open mind and and you can't just dismiss something. Um, you know, we had an idea come up here from someone um, on my team here at Taco Bell um, as it relates to coming back into the office. And we had a very traditional perspective from our executive team of, no, just tell people this is when you're coming in. And I had somebody courageous on my team who came and said, let's look at it a little bit differently. And I said, "Whoa, that makes me a little bit nervous. But you're right, because we do need to to look at this differently. We ended up looking at it differently. We ended up in a really great place. And I think both our executive team and our employees are happy about where we've landed. So it takes a lot of courage. Well, and it makes us recognize that in the end, where we are at in the present and where we need to be in the future is thinking about the ways we work, lead, and conduct business with the individual in mind first, which leads me to this question, Kelly. What are some of the biggest challenges facing chief people officers, CHROs, and even leaders today? Um, I think that things have shifted so dramatically, right, that there's been this accelerated pace of change over the last few years. And if you started from a place where a very traditional place, and then you had that acceleration come in, you know, 2020 and 2021 and even 2022, you could find yourself even further behind, right? In terms of um, um, being a leading organization or creating a culture or an experience that is a leading culture or a leading experience. So I do think that if you're, you know, we all are busy, we're we busy with our day to day, but if you're not picking your head up to, to read and absorb and to listen and to understand what's happening in the world around you, you can't be planning for the future. So um, to me, that's one of the biggest challenges is kind of coming back to the how do you make, you know, kind of run the business as it is today, but think about what's coming in the future and how do we start to get ready for that? Because if you're not intentional about getting ready for it, it'll it'll, it'll pass you by and take you over. Well, you know, one thing that I've been examining um especially amongst uh, CHROs. And again, I say this very respectfully because, you know, our work is has to do with a lot with helping transform this particular uh, function within an organization. But as I continue to hear that, oh yeah, we're making progress, we're making progress. If the baseline is zero, um, yeah. I feel that we're defining progress, not from a form of evolving and moving forward, but actually catching up. In other words, if baseline is zero, we're just moving from negative 55 to negative 20. Any comments on that? You could completely disagree, but that's why we've got you on this show because yeah. I believe that you have this ability to see so much further than what the function has historically been and where it needs to go. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think it's a good point. Um, you know, if I think about how, how I do this, one, I think I just, I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little crazy about planning. I just am, and my husband would be the first to tell you that, right? <laughs> I tend to look ahead a lot. Um, and look, to, to, I've done a ton of self-reflection on that. There's probably some control uh, freak in there somewhere about needing to know what's coming. Um, but I do think that, that, again, coming back to kind of having the natural curiosity, having the ability to step back and say, where am I? Where, where am I? Am I at zero? Am I at negative 55? How do I get an honest assessment of where I am where our organization is, where do I want to be? Like, where do I want to go? Because if I just want incremental change, um, 
then reflect on whether or not the organization you're working in, if that's what they really want. I don't want to work somewhere where I have incremental change and incremental transformation. I want to make a difference and I want to figure out how we create environments where others can make a difference. And so I think surrounding yourself with people who want to do more, who want to go bigger, who want to push harder, uh, that to me is something that's really important to me. So I don't know if any of you No, no, but Kelly, do you think that this, again, uh, has something to do with the fact that HR, the function, has always been viewed as a cost center? And that's why we almost wait for people to tell us when now it's really a profit center. The truth is it always should have you that way. And, yeah. and so it really takes us as the executive, as the leader, to take the initiative ourselves because aren't we supposed to be the one to guide where the ro- where the role should be headed? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, you know, historically, HR, of course, was referred to as personnel and nothing makes my skin crawl more, right? Um, it- there, it's just so not not what HR, in my opinion, should be. So, um, you know, HR, uh, people, culture, talent. Again, I think when when the pandemic first hit, uh, particularly in our industry, you know, kind of the natural response is to treat it similar to like a food safety response or a food safety crisis. That's not what it was. This was a people crisis on all fronts, and so. I do think that there were probably a lot of organizations that recognized, oh, gosh, this is the role, right, that that HR needs to be playing. And there was a lot of conducting and there was a lot of leading and there was a lot of anticipating that needed to come from the human resources function to help business, um, to help business survive. I think I'm fortunate to have worked for so long at a company where uh, HR has a seat at the table. That's great. If you want to keep the seat, if you want to have any credibility whatsoever, you better be two steps ahead of what's currently happening in your business and and kind of have that ability to see around corners. I think, you know, big HR leaders, big business leaders in general have to anticipate what's ha- what's going to happen. So if I make this decision, what are the four things that are going to happen and how am I going to manage those should one of them, you know, you know, pop up? So that, that ability to see around corners is huge. Well, you sound more like a chief transformation officer to me. So, Kelly, on that note uh, about new realities, we know that employees want to be seen and heard more today than ever. So, do you believe that leaders that are out of touch with this new reality are already losing? And if so, why? Yeah, I do. Because I think if you can't, I, I think that um, your employees know exactly how you feel about them, right? Like, let's not pretend, right? The employees will have an opinion and they will know whether or not you actually care, whether or not you actually listen, whether or not you actually try to help make their lives better. And so if if you are starting from a place where you're not, you haven't yet figured out or you're not prioritizing how to figure out, how do I hear from my employees? Yeah, you're behind. Um, and look, you may be behind with several other organizations, but I don't think that's where anybody wants to be. People want to be the winner. They want to be out front. They want to to lead. Um, and that's what we've tried to do here. What I've tried to lead at, at Taco Bell is lead from the front. Get out in front of this stuff. There's a huge connection between the team member experience and the brand and the way that the brand shows up to the consumer. And we have to be uh, working in our human resources and people department very, very closely with our marketing team. Because the pride that an employee feels in working for a brand comes from the actions that the brand takes. 
So yeah, I, I think there's such a, a connection there. Um, and it, and it, if your brand is pushing the envelope, it makes it a lot easier for you to push the envelope from an employee experience as well. No doubt. Well, this I think has a lot. To, well, let me go back to the t- the topic, right? Are 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 leaders really in touch? And if they're if they're not with this new reality, are they already behind? This yeah. is where I see a lot of leaders almost with respect to this topic playing not to lose rather than playing to win. And I think that there's the opportunities that are missed with that slight but yet significant uh, just uh, level of preparedness to feel like we always have to play it safe rather than recognize that the people know the answers and we need to respect them regardless of hierarchy or rank. I don't understand why we don't understand that as easily as we should especially as you said when the brand is what's really driving the value proposition that we all should embrace thoughts yeah yeah well I, you said the word that i was thinking which is safe we, we play from a place of don't lose because it's safe yeah um, it's also boring <laughs> not it's if you think about like it kind of comes back to what you're saying earlier we only have so much time on this earth like how do you want to spend it how do you want to impact what do you want your legacy to be what do you want people to say about you when when you're you know um retired and and no longer working and i think if you have that lens then you can get to a place where you're thinking about transformation and you're thinking about change and you're thinking about the future you're thinking about winning not just winning for yourself but winning as a team winning for your your franchisees winning for your team members all over the world like that is fun and exciting and like that's why i don't you know you don't want you don't want sunday night blues you don't want to think about oh god you know here we go again monday morning if you're living your life that way if you're working that way and spending your time that way it's so much more exciting you know what kelly you just said it is it if we're just thinking about ourselves rather than the healthier whole we're always gonna play not to lose and and I think people need to recognize now that we are so much more interconnected and interdependent in every facet of our business, from how we go to market, how we manage risk, how we manage people, how we manage the brand. I know we have traditionally been put in boxes, but we live in a world now where there are no boxes anymore. And if we're not talking like that, that's when we can't evolve. That's so right. Kelly- Tell us what project you're working on right now. I mean, just randomly, I'm asking you this because it seems to me that you go well beyond the confines of what the historical HR role has been. Yeah, I, you know, look again. I'm fortunate because we we have the the CHRO or the CPO position at the organization I work at, and, and the broader org is a pretty broad role. But we're given. Um, a lot of encouragement even to step into the business. So something that I'm working on at the moment that's pretty significant is um, kind of just the evolution of Taco Bell globally. We are a powerhouse in the U.S. We, we know that, right? We have 7,700 plus restaurants in the U.S. We are we are enormous. It's a huge business. Um, it's, an, it's a mature market. We're turning 61 uh, years old, years young next week, I believe, our brand is, which is great. Um, outside the U.S., we have a thousand restaurants and credit to the team that just crossed that threshold late last year. It's a huge undertaking. You think about Mexican-inspired brand tacos. How do you get people to understand outside of the U.S. and other parts of the world? What What is the taco, right? So it's, it's 
it's a different challenge outside the U.S. So you have this huge machine in the U.S. that is a mature market, still some growth opportunity, but mature. And then you have this high, high growth opportunity outside the U.S. How do you lead all of that, right? It requires different skills. It requires different soft skills, capabilities. Um, and then thinking about as the international business continues to grow, how does that change the structure of our teams to make sure that we are structured in a way that we've got the capabilities we need from a digital perspective, for example, or a tech perspective, to how do we have the right leaders who might um, be able to swallow their pride to take on what feels like a smaller opportunity, but knowing that it's going to grow so quickly and you've got to have a strong enough leader that can handle the growth and be ready for it. So it's just, it's managing kind of that whole transformation around growth and, and growth looks different in different parts of the world. Kelly, uh, you have so much to offer. Uh, it seems to me that, um, you know, I've always said that legacies aren't defined at the end. They're actually sheet at the beginning. Uh, where do you see your legacy in, in the work that you do in the ways that you think? Um, well, I mean, I really hope that that if people think back on the time that, that they spent with me, whether we worked directly together, indirectly, um, at the end of the day, that I hope they say that I was a kind person. Um, we may not agree on everything. We may not um, we may not have been best friends, but I do hope that they can say she was kind, she was caring, she was professional, she gave it her all, um, and she cared about our people um, and our business and, and did the best that she could. So. You know, that's easier said than done. There's certainly, especially working in HR situations where people are going to feel that way. Um, can't win them all. Do the best you can and uh, make sure that you, you feel good about putting your head on your pillow at night, knowing that you, you did everything that you could and you learn from your mistakes and you, you keep going forward. You know what, Kelly? I think there's something else we're going to say, that it was you who who was able to... Um, not only discover, but allow someone to utilize and apply every single ounce of their capacity, because that's what my experience has been with you and the value that you've just offered, uh, not just myself, but our listeners, more importantly, has just been really tremendous. And I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Glenn. I appreciate you and your friendship and your leadership and uh, having the opportunity to come on today. Um, I just really appreciate it. So thank you. No, you're very, very welcome. And as we end every show, when you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thanks, Callie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution.